Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, as I continue on my journey of being introduced and meeting and interviewing heart-centered leaders all over the globe, there's other heart-centered leaders who have been reaching out and saying, Deb, we're speaking the same language. And this gentleman today was one of those people. And again, LinkedIn, amazing social platform, allowing me to meet so many heart-centered leaders. So let me tell you about who is on the show today. His name is Jude Belanger. He is the founder and CEO at HeartSen Tech Inc. Now, if that's not heart-centered right there, I don't know what is. He is about building community and really highlighting leaders, businesses, politicians, organizations. He helps in effective management in technology, but also in leadership philosophies. And for him, if he can impact any of these people or companies, that's his bottom line. The people are first. Jude has over 31 years of industry experience within technology. He has worked in so many different marketplace applications, both domestically and internationally, and he is truly an architect to streamline the business process. He has received multiple recognition awards for his dedication to business and community, and I have to have some fun and say, hey, Jude, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, Deb, thank you very much for that beautiful introduction. You know, I was going to break out into song, but you know, it's all, it's all about getting people to listen to the show, right? So <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my interviewing skills. So <laughs> thank you for reaching out and connecting and aligning. And, and I'm excited to have a rich conversation around heart-centered leadership with you. So I'm just going to dig right in and start with my first question. Did you have a mentor or a life or work experience that really demonstrated or showcased the value of heart, heart-centered leadership? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, I, was, I, I had a very large transition about seven, eight years ago. And I was in Sedona, Arizona for 14 years. I launched the first television station there. And in running a TV station in a very small four miles by four miles square town where you're basically reflecting the community back upon itself and it's a local television station, um, we you know, had to do a lot with the locals in Sedona, which not only meant the people that live there, but it meant the Forest Service as well as the Native American community. And 
in working with the Native American community, the Yavapai Apaches, the Hopis, um, they were people that um, cherished their culture and tradition, but they were losing it with technology. And of course, then we would come in with technology and use technology to help them preserve their culture by showing how to do basket weaving or different things that they did. And then we would broadcast that through the reservation. And somehow, you know, these two regular guys from the city that came out with fiber optic line and working a modern technology channel, you know, actually got to penetrate these amazing cultures and they gave us great respect and in return learned a lot about the importance of elders to guide you and 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 mentor you through different things and i, I that's that's somewhat lost in today's culture with technology and google is your new mom and dad so you can that that looking up to a mentor or looking up to a leader very, I think, difficult these days. You know, rock stars are leaders, but they don't have the moral guidance that we really need. Uh, and, and so a lot of my, I think, learning came from working with these tribal elders and how they were trying to reach their children and their community and how we could be bridges to that. And as the world progressed, things happened and technology grew and Facebook started happening and people had cameras on their phones and the TV station wasn't as important anymore as far as its power and impact on the community. So I sold my shares. I was invited to the YouTube ribbon cutting ceremony in Southern California. And I went to this grand launch at YouTube and watched what was happening and just knew the world was going to change. So I got rid of my shares in Sedona, changed my life, moved to Santa Monica, and was there for the launch of the whole Silicon Beach era when Snapchat had started and Silicon Valley kind of started moving down there. And it began the whole tech movement there. And I just applied everything I had learned in Sedona to starting over again. And what I had did in Sedona, I did for Silicon Beach. And I branded a show called Silicon Beach. It got picked up and I produced a show on Blip TV called Silicon Beach. Um, and that began my tech journey. So instead of looking for amazing basket weavers or pottery makers or <laughs> flute makers or kachina makers or people that did amazing trails with the Forest Service or Indian, you know, Native American ruins or things of that nature. It, it became about technology and people doing things in tech. And I, I like to find the people in technology that were making a difference with their technology. And, and everyone in Silicon Beach has some type of a, like a movie script. You know, if you're in Hollywood, you have a movie script. If you're in Silicon Beach or Silicon Valley, you pitch an app and you know that pitch usually somehow can change the world. And I loved hearing people tell me how their app was gonna change the world. And I'd be like, hey, you wanna be on my show, Silicon Beach. And that's how I started to find these amazing leaders. And the only word I could explain was these people just came from their heart. And that's, that was, I was like, that's my tribe. 
that's my trap. <laughs> and I applied it to technology. Which... I, I just, I love, I love the imprint that that experience has really played in the trajectory of, of your career. But like you said, your, your moral compass and I, I just think it's so heartfelt and I can hear you smiling as you're telling the story and it's something you're gonna carry with you for the rest of your life. And I'm so seeing it just unfolding with everything you're doing in your, in your own company. So nice segue into my, my next question. So in 2019, you founded HeartSend Tech Inc. And I would love to know adding on to the beautiful story you just shared, what imperfections do you bring to your leadership as the CEO of your own company? Very good, very good question. And it's been quite a journey to actually focus on putting together exactly what the Heart Zen Tech organization is. And it's, it's a consultation company for software. I mainly work in enterprise resource software, legacy programs for large corporations. And Heart Center Tech started as it wasn't a nonprofit, wasn't a for-profit, started in about 2013, 2014. And I was running around Silicon Beach filming the Silicon Beach show. And people would then give me feedback on the people that are on the show. And they would be the ones that are just coming from their heart, building technology to just help the human race and help themselves also with a career. And they would balance money and making things happen for a difference and that win-win. Uh, would just come through and that balance was wonderful. But the feedback of the people that would see the show, Silicon Beach was in 30 countries um, around the globe. Um, it was out of a platform in New York City called Blip TV. And it was um, great to hear the comments from people, but it also helped me filter who these people were. And as it grew five years, five, six years ago, we would go to these tech events and give out awards. And people would come up after and say, wow, that's really great. These tech events could be really dry. And the one thing about Silicon Beach and Santa Monica and that whole area was the tech scene wanted to be different from Silicon Valley. People were coming down from Silicon Valley to experience the beach, to be outside, to do patio dining and really just enjoy outside a little bit more. And that beachy vibe came through as a little bit more relaxed. And in having that, that's kind of started um, all of it. And I would say I, I tend to want to do a thousand things at once. So I focusing on something in particular to make it just line up. I want to do, if I see something awesome, I think there's a thousand things I can do with it. And focus is probably the one thing I do struggle with. I get a little bit too excited about things and I want to do a million things at once. And when I slow down and I just get one thing done, <laughs> things begin to happen. And I started to focus on heart-centered tech and just finding amazing heart-centered tech leaders 
And in that search of being my focus, everything else fell into place. Like selling enter enterprise resource software, it's a side gig. I'm constantly focused on who are these heart center tech leaders and who are the people making a difference? Because I, I learn with them, I grow with them, I spend time with them, and I feel I become a better person. And that focus of staying addicted to finding these people and to share what they have has been a vocation, it's been a mission. If I stay focused on that, that's great. But I, I tend to wanna do a million different things and do it not as good. You know, when you spread yourself too thin, I think that, that, that pretty much um, is the imperfection that I, I bring uh, to the table sometimes. So a lot of times people are like, hey Jude, you know, that's great. <laughs> but can we stay back on the topic? <laughs> well, it's it's also, I think you exude a lot of passion in, in everything you do. And I think it's fun that you're easily redirected and you just, you want to experience a lot of things in your life. And sometimes we just need a little discipline and structure. And I think as a fellow entrepreneur, we we all do that once in a while. So but it's amazing and it's an imperfection, but it really comes out as solid passion for you. Now you've got such a long trajectory and history in the tech sector. My question for you is what has working with people within the tech sector taught you the most? It's taught me many, many things about myself in general when the feedback comes back of what's been produced. Um, I, I can't tell you how many hours and hours of programming I've done in Sedona, how many hours and hours of programming I've done in digital media. And the things that are successful come back at you and that feedback helps shape exactly what you can then reflect back. Uh, and it teaches me. So not only as a producer of digital media do you, you know, make these events happen, but they also teach you and you learn. And as the more I do now, the more I get people together, the more I produce things um, like this summit coming up in October for heart-centered tech leadership, um, these, these things always teach me something and that gives me the motivation and the endurance to keep going with it. Because it's very easy to fall off balance when things aren't lining up, when that paycheck isn't happening, <laughs> when you know, the things that are supposed to line up don't, and you know, you're challenged. So a lot of the heart-centered leadership principles um, from Susan Steinbrecher, I know you know her well, as well as I do, and she literally wrote the book on heart-centered leadership. Um, she's, you know, she's pretty much confirmed for me when I found her writings, it was more of a confirmation put in writing of, hey, that's what I've been doing. That's been the trajectory for this. And that's kind of been the motivation to keep it going. So I think because I learn a lot from being with heart-centered tech leaders that keeps me going in order to keep producing and generating more. And it's also wonderful when you're acknowledged on a political level, 
with you know politicians would come to our events in California, senators, congressmen, and they were just like, we love what you're doing, we want to support it, and they themselves are heart-centered tech leaders in embracing this in such a way that they can recognize people for building incredible technology to help humanity. So that's kind of you know what gives me a lot of my mojo. Well, Susan holds a very special place in my heart because when I decided to create the podcast, and I love the name because I think we're all imperfect, and I think all of our imperfections add to our leadership. Susan was my first guest because I wanted to, I wanted to come over the airwaves on the internet with the woman who wrote the book back in 2003, and it was just reprinted in 2017. So not surprised that uh, you are also aligned with her. She is a very, very special lady. Now, my last question is kind of a little bit of fun. I want to kind of pick your brain and I want you to share your insight and your wisdom around artificial intelligence versus emotional intelligence. I always joke and say, AI is here. It's not the future. It is here. But I haven't found a robot yet that's got an outstanding personality. So my question is, where do you see the future for the balance between AI and EI? That's a, that's a great question. And that's exactly why the Heart Centered Tech Leadership Summit is happening in October on the 1st and the 2nd. Um, I've got amazing leaders that are coming to discuss exactly this, these topics of the future. Uh, the CIO to the city of LA, which I think is one of the top tech cities in the world, bringing in some subject expert matter people that are very skilled and knowledgeable in machine learning, um, which is AI, and uh, especially in finance. There is some incredible technology out there now of machine learning and with this pandemic, uh, it has put this, these software programs to the test because no longer are you projecting a year out or doing monthly expenses, you are doing daily finances now. And I think you know maybe people are moving into weekly now or and pretty soon monthly, but right now you have to be in a place of understanding that it couldn't be done unless machine learning was out there in order to help you with analytics, projections, um, all of this data, which is beyond human processing. And this is what you need now to run anything that's very large, a large enterprise. So on that scale, a very large scale, I, I think we're beginning to indoctrinate machine learning on an enterprise level. Um, your, you know, your GoBot that's going to be this awesome personality that's going to clean your house and do your dishes and cook for you as a little bit away. <laughs> However, it is definitely part of uh, enterprise management in software technology right now. And that these were one of the reasons why we decided to put on this summit in October was to really look at the future of technology and pick a couple topics that are really important. And one is going to financial machine learning. The other one is about cybersecurity. 
with everyone working remotely right now, the way the this pandemic, this world we've inherited, it's going to be this way for a little while. Remote working is going to be around. So I have some top cybersecurity companies coming in. We're launching, October 1st is also the month of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So we have some beautiful kits coming out that you can do at home for your personal computer to work with passwords, things like that, of these remote kits so you can be safe at home. Because uh, cyber, cyber attacks are really on, on the rise as people are now more at home. Um, a lot of things are happening in that arena. So the summit brings together the Heart Center Tech leaders. We have a hundred of them now. They've either, they've been certified by the state of California through senators, congressmen, assembly people, mayors. Um, so I get awards to be given out to these people and I go to them for these answers. And I'm not a subject matter expert in them, but I do help consult on which programs enterprise companies can use. And I learn a lot through a lot of my heart center tech leaders because they're the experts in their genres and their industries that they're applying technology towards. And Susan's gonna be speaking the second, uh, our beginning of the second day. She's going to talk about the art of endurance and the principles of staying heart-centered, you know, when you're challenged, especially during these times that we've had recently. Um, and at first she was saying, what does that have to do with technology? And I said, well, everyone is now in tech. Everyone has an iPad. Everybody has an iPhone. Everyone has apps. Everyone in some way, unless you're living on a mountain and you're a monk, you're involved in technology somehow. Every user of tech is vulnerable to a hack attack or spamming or phishing. So all these things now are a part of our life now. And to separate technology and the heart, it's, it's, it, they need to come together. They need to be something that is normal instead of separate. And that's the mission of heart-centered tech is to work with people first and the people come first and the technology does come second. And at some point, AI machine learning will become commercial, most guaranteed. You will find your bot with different personality downloads you'll be able to do. I, I think it's maybe 10 years away. So maybe sooner, we'll see. <laughs> well, I wanna thank you because I, I think it's such a demonstration of the foresight and stewardship that you're bringing to being a servant leader and really, again, exuding that, that heart-centered piece. So I'll make sure that uh, we get the website address and the dates and all the info so we can put that on the episode description. So thank you for sharing that. I love to end the podcast with what I call my fab four. And these are just four fun questions. Just want to know what's kind of sitting on the top of Jude's mind. So my first question is, what was your favorite activity as a young boy? And is there remnants of that in your life today? Yes, I used to go out in the backwoods and farm cranberry country in southern... Uh, near Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts. And 
basically build forts with my friends and we'd have multiple forts and multiple paths through all the back farms and you know basically i like to hike today i do a lot of hiking um i love to go be out in nature hiking or walking the beach my second question is if you had to give a technical term for the year 2020 what would it be good question I want to say almost deleted. I, I was thinking you were going to say control alt delete or reset. <laughs> <laughs> I almost think we, deleted. Almost. I think, deleted. Yeah, I think we'd all like to do a control alt delete right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I would definitely like to do a reboot. That's for sure. Absolutely. We need yeah. we need a COVID button on our keyboard for sure. Most definitely. <laughs> My third question is, what is your favorite place that you've ever visited and why? Sitges, Spain. The architecture is medieval. You, I, you just feel like a pirate. And the food is sensational, beautiful seafoods. And the people are just so, so nice. I, I believe Sitges, Spain, um, be a dream to have a place there. I, I love it. I love it to pieces. You would think I would say Sedona, but I, I think I've spent enough time in Sedona. I really love Sedona. It's very spiritual, beautiful place. Um, however, I really love Sitges, Spain. Well, both Sedona and Spain are on my list uh, to get to. I've yet to be to either place. So very, very interesting. And my last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? I would love heart-centered tech to live on. I would love for it to continue. Uh, the people that win the award end up nominating the next person that wins the award, and we have 100 right now. I would like to see it go to a million. Well, and I'm thinking with your vision and your approach to doing that, I can definitely see you achieving that. I want to thank you for reaching out and connecting as a fellow heart-centered leader. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. And thank you for sharing both your time and expertise and all the best for your upcoming summit in October. Thank you very much. I hope to see you there. And talk to you again sometime soon in the future. Absolutely. This will, this conversation will continue. I like to end the podcast with my list of five things for living a purposeful life. Follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thanks for joining me once again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.